Welcome to the Count on Me Culture. I'm Lisa Urich talking about workplace today, the workplace today, which is a challenging environment for all of us, and strategies that help us thrive in this new world. Just to review, if you're new to the podcast, we the Count on Me Culture comes from this idea that we are in a sans-demic, sans, S-A-N-S, sans, without the French word, sans, uh, demic, people, without people. We know about the pandemic. It meant all people, but sans-demic means without people. It's the idea we didn't make enough babies 30 years ago, at least not enough to replace the work force that was the, the last of the baby boomers and the workforce that was exiting. And the Pew Research Center uh, and others said, they noticed, and they said, you know, by the end of 2019, we're going to hit a critical labor shortage. And by the first part of 2020, we in fact documented that 72% of businesses said that they were having a hard time uh, filling jobs. It was the worst report since the World War II era, 1942. And since the pandemic, you know, with the pandemic, we had a lot of people rethink their world. We had, we were expecting to lose 10,000 baby boomers a day. Instead, we started losing 14,000 baby boomers a day because they were home, they were rethinking work, rethinking priorities, and a lot of them decided to stay. We're in the middle of a huge wealth transfer as Baby boomers and Gen Xers even are passing and passing that wealth to other generations. And a lot of times people are inheriting something or finding they can live on less and um, not going back to work. So we also found that with the constriction of the workforce, uh, daycare and other kinds of jobs that involve a lot of lower paying service kinds of, of work, unfortunately, um, became more scarce. And so the equation changed for a lot of people who were thinking about caring for their children, men or women. And uh, a lot of Gen Zers see that as an equal opportunity uh, caretaking challenge. And so you lost a lot of uh, women in the workforce, about 2 million women. So anyway, we've we, we've seen it. And we knew it was happening in 2020. Now we sit in 2024. And the workplace, we all know it. It's fundamentally different. It's uh, difficult. In the last episode, we talked about the fact that people don't want to manage people anymore and why they don't and what we can do about that. We talked about using projects instead of positions to help uh, do the work. But today, let's talk about what people do want to do. Why are people choosing uh work? What do they really value the most? And on this podcast, we've asserted, you know, I've been in my research, kind of pulled it into five F's, if you will. They want flexibility in the extreme, flexibility. In fact, a lot of people today, they tell people I'm going to take a vacation if they're an employee. They're like, I'm going to take a vacation next week because vacation is that thing that goes into uh, their schedule first. It's the thing they prioritize around because uh, we have the the predominant working generation today see life balance as I work to kind of fund my life. I don't live to work as a purpose or occupation unless they've chosen a purpose or a mission driven kind of thing. So there's 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 always diversity in the workplace in terms of who's coming in and how they're coming in. But we have those kind of different perspectives. I don't think it's ever been, in fact more diverse than it is today. Um, but we say 
flexibility is one. People want to have fun in their work. They feel like life should be entertaining. Life should be fun. We, I guess we all feel that way, that life, we want life to be good and rich and fun. So we want our days and our primetime life to be filled with laughter and good things. And people will choose a workplace because it is fun. Um, not necessarily meaning that they're playing pool all day, but or or some other kind of game, but that they can play with each other and they can play with the customers and they can enjoy the things that they're doing and make it a lot of fun. So that's flexibility and fun. And they also want to be fairly compensated. And that's tough. It requires a lot of creativity sometimes because fair compensation isn't just a dollar value. Um, but a mix of things that are part of a compensation package. And uh, a lot of wise employers are saying to themselves, hmm, I wonder what my key employees want and is most important to them, and designing compensation packages that are unique to those individuals at every level. It's really unusual. You've seen it, you know, it used to be just starlets in Hollywood got you know, their agent to get them their own compensation package that included a certain kind of uh, beverage or a certain kind of snack or a certain kind of situation. Today, we're kind of extending those sort of things to everybody. Maybe it's the coffee in the break room and the brand of coffee that matters to somebody. Maybe it's having time to do a certain uh, activity. Maybe it's having a chance to go to Cancun as because they want a sales kind of thing. Um thinking about fair compensation in different ways. And uh, we want it to be full of meaning, um, that is, to feel good. So one of the Fs is feeling good about the work that you're doing. People want to have purpose or at least pride around what they're doing and why they're doing it. So that's another thing that people want. And, um, yeah, we want a lot of different things. We need to take a quick break, but we'll talk more about the five Fs and what people really want and what some of the research is saying uh, that is especially true today in 2024. We're trying to figure out how to thrive in a brand new workplace. And you're listening to The Count on Me Culture. I'm Lisa Urich. Hey guys, Zach Connor here with Connor Bros Wood Floors. If you're anything like me, your allergies have got you sneezing your face off. The guys at Connor Bros Wood Floors have the perfect solution, a brand new floor. Is a new floor from Connor Bros going to solve all your problems? Probably not. Is ripping out all that old dusty carpet going to help? Absolutely. Find the floor. Find the color. Find the feel you want. Your home's new look is waiting. Come by our showroom and pick from hundreds of different options that will help with those dreaded allergies. Connor Bros Wood Flooring, Highway 111 North and All Good are on the web connorbros.net. Welcome back to the Count on Me Culture. We're talking about what people really want in the workplace today. We're in a fundamentally changed workforce and a workplace. What? How can we get in touch with what people really are interested in? We we kind of know what they're not into, but it's hard to know how to how to connect with people. And we're going to go to a couple of, of resources. Uh, uh, Forbes had a really nice piece at the end of the year talking about key workplace trends uh, for 2024. And uh, it's really interesting because they noted that more workers are returning to the office. So flexibility that we talk about on here doesn't necessarily mean not being together in an office. Since 2020 and the whole discourse around hybrid, flexible, remote office working, it's just been constant. Now people have had a had enough time to really taste and experience what that that feels like. And 
a lot of people really want that structure of getting up and going into a workplace. Uh, 90% of U.S. companies are intending to implement their return to office plans by the end of 2024 um, because some have still allowed that. But I think when we have flexible work arrangements that allow people to work in different spaces and have at least a hybrid of being in office and connecting with people, we know that has an advantage. And if community, I left off the fifth F, which is working with friends and family, this idea that people want community, they want to work with friends and family. And gone are the days when we said, you know, we've got leave your work at work and your home at home and personal is personal and private's private and, or you know, and well, private is still private, but personal, you've got your personal and you've got your professional. And those two are blending so beautifully uh, today. And, uh, or maybe you don't think it's beautiful, but it's definitely happening. Um, what we see via social media is, you know, leaders, even on professional platforms like LinkedIn, are still sharing personal information and personal stories. Uh, some of us would love to see that stay a little more professional, but it's happening. It's the idea that we have friends at work, that we're trusting each other, that we're building high trust relationships. We're likely to hug our suppliers or or treat them as friends. Uh, tonight, Dave and I are going to dinner with a supplier and his uh, wife and meeting and, and view them as trusted partners in the work that we do. They are trusted partners. That's always been there, but I think it's never been more important that we trust and genuinely care for. Um, at the plenty uh, end of year workshop that we had, we had uh, 15 people and they're all gathered around and I asked each person, what's your why for working? You, you could work a lot of places and make this money. It's a nonprofit. It's going to pay a lower level than wage than you could get someplace else. What is your why? What are you hoping happens as a result of you working here. And it was so interesting how many times people brought up the friends and family aspect. They say, I love you to each other at the end of the shift. They hug each other. They genuinely care for each other. We genuinely care for each other as a family. And you're seeing that over and over again. Another thing that people are wanting uh, is the question of the four-day work week. This idea that I've got more of a balance of uh Pure playtime, this three-day work, work, you know, weekend and work time, Monday through Thursday, usually. Um, I know that when we set the manufacturing place uh, in Cookville and put Franklin Fixtures together, my husband, Dave, that was first on his list is I want a four-day work week for folks. And we will have that as an advantage. More and more people have gone to the four-day work week. Um, and it's kind of interesting. Um, does it help with burnout? I think it kind of does. I think it gives people an opportunity to be to be fresh. And one of the things that I'm cognizant of is that people are really only truly productive for about four or five hours a day. So that has always been true. If you read the book, Daniel Pink's When, he talks about the science of when we're on and when we're thinking and when we're our most productive. And he says, don't fool yourself as a human. You don't have 13, 16, 18 hours to really be as productive as you could. You have four or five. So you want to make that really work for you. So I think as employers, it, the more we're focused on results, the more we're focused on what someone does with that four or five truly productive hours, the better off we'll all be because then we're not uh, going so crazy about 
the four-day work week. Some people are wanting a four-day, eight-hour work week uh, and to be paid the same as they would earn in a 40-hour work week. Hard to make the math work in some of those places as a business person, uh, but that's our challenge of the day. That is what they're wanting is less work, more pay, or the same pay. If we focus on results and think about that four to five hours a day as true productivity, I think we can get there. And that's what some businesses are doing in order to really thrive. So one of the things that people want is to increase transparency about salaries. Now, goodness, I've always said that no good can come of talking about salaries with one another because we start comparing and you got numbers and you do all that. Today, people are thinking of salaries as a not taboo subject. It's more like talking about what you got that ticket to a concert for or something else. It feels like it's opened up somehow. So as an employer, um, it's important to be open about salary structures and how they work. And the more transparent we are about how it works and the more people can rely on themselves uh, for their own earnings, they're willing to, uh, they have a lot of confidence, the generation that's coming in. They think that they can do things and want to be uh, compensated by their merit and by the thing that they're actually bringing and not limited by some sort of compensation structure that's a corporate structure. They don't want to hear, I can't pay because blah, blah, blah. They want to know I'm being paid according to how I'm contributing. And that feels fair. And it's something that uh, people are wanting. They're also wanting ongoing support for mental well-being and preventing burnout. We've heard the term burnout a lot. I resisted it until I just couldn't anymore, and then I just accepted it's part of the way we talk about things today. We we view burnout as something that is real, and people uh, experience it as something that's very real, and they want support for their mental well-being, just like their physical well-being. So we want to talk about, I'm reading a book uh, by Dr. Amen, like Amen, A-M-E-N, about boosting brain health and thinking about brain health. He hates the term mental illness. Um and at his clinics across the country, he's done a lot of really good things. He says, you know, it's all about taking care of your brain, and and that's going to produce happiness and produce a lot of things. People want to take care of their brains, and just like they want to take care of their bodies. These are some of the things that people want. Let's talk in the last segment about uh, the rest of the things that the research is showing and how you can thrive in today's work environment. You're listening to The Count on Me Culture. In our final segment on The Count on Me Culture today, we're talking about what people really want. And the good old Harvard Business Review had nine trends that are going to shape work in 2024 and beyond. It really goes to The Count on Me Culture. And I'd like to go over those nine trends uh, as part of what we're thinking about today. One, Organizations are going to offer creative benefits to address the cost of work. So creative benefits, what are we talking about? 67% feel that going to the office requires more effort than it did in the pre-pandemic, and 73% say that it feels more expensive. Hmm. Unsurprisingly, 48% of employees say uh, returning to work mandates or returning to the office mandates prioritize what leaders want over what employees want. So that flexibility to say, here's your office, here's your here's your space, um, come in if it works for you and come in, don't, or come in for a hybrid kind of strategy. Come in for meetings, come in for a purpose, come in to focus, um, but they, they want that. They want things like housing subsidies, you know, uh, come into the, help me afford nearby housing. And I will say at Franklin, we've done that. 
in some places. We've helped people with housing. They want caregiver benefits. Some families are really struggling with that. And we know that daycare and caregiving has been an issue for years in America. But this, the companies that figure out a solve on that or how to help somebody with caregiving, um, they're winning. And financial well-being programs, financial well-being programs, they want help sorting out their financials, out their budgets. We've found that sitting down with people and helping them um, think through their health care choices and think through their other kinds of financial choices, critical uh, to well-being. And if somebody is feeling anxious about their financial well-being, they're not going to feel good about working. So uh, the low level of financial well-being makes the cost of work feel more. And when I see someone who is just struggling financially, I always want to sit down with them and talk about budgets and talk about how, how we can be helpful because it's often not about the pay itself. You can have four different people that are paid exactly the same and have the same size families and they are living radically different lives. Uh, one of them can feel comfortable. One of them can be living in a, you know, a very unstable situation and feel incredibly uncomfortable. Another can be living paycheck to paycheck. It really varies so um, broadly. We can also offer student loan repayment, helping them. 43 million Americans hold federal student loans. And if an employer is willing to help with that, my goodness, that's kind of a, that's a, that's creative. You don't pay tax on that help because the employer might be paying it in a different way. So there's, there's ways to create these flexibility things. AI is going to create, not diminish workforce opportunity. So a 2023 Gartner survey found that 22% of employees expected AI to replace their job. Despite this anxiety, we know it's a sandstemic. We needed AI. It's about, it's really time, but AI won't replace many jobs. It will lead jobs to be redesigned and include new responsibilities. So embracing AI and figuring out how that impacts hiring strategies and what we're really looking for. The aforementioned four day work weeks is, is a trend. It's going to move from the radical to routine. We're going to see that everywhere. Employee conflict resolution will be a must have skill for managers. And we talked in the previous podcast that nobody wants to be a manager, but maybe it's because they're going to see a lot of conflict. They're going to have to help people get along. And we seem to have lost some of those fledgling skills that we had about working with each other and conflict. I find that when people love each other a lot, they uh, can bump into each other and hurt each other a lot. And so being able to get through that is important. And Gen AI experiments will yield some hard lessons and painful thought, uh, painful cost. We're going to enter a trough of disillusionments in a two to five year period where we may have overinflated expectations about what AI can do. So knowing that 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 is a trend, that we need the people that we need and figuring out how we work together with AI is going to be a real important. Number six, skill requirements will overtake degree requirements as the paper ceiling starts to crumble. That's a good news for a lot of people who are not interested in going to advanced degrees. 
but really looking at what can I do. Climate change protection is going to become a new employee benefit. They're going to care about the climate and care about what we're doing with the climate. And uh, I know we make explicit our commitments to physical safety and impacted, but also the fact that we're solar powered is is attractive to a lot of people. Um, including people is going to become more embedded. And the beautiful thing is when there are fewer people, there really is less bias. It's about who can do the work and it opens opportunities for everyone, um, no matter what their perspective or capabilities. And finally, traditional stereotypes of career paths are going to collapse in the face of workforce change. Traditional stereotypes of career paths are going to, to collapse. I used to teach about four different career types, and those have just all but crumbled. We're going to talk about that next time on the podcast on the Count on Me culture and dive into this idea that stereotypes are going to collapse in the force of workplace change. But just remember that there are things that people want today, and it, it has to do with flexibility. And if we're in tune with those things, then we can ask employees, what do you want me to count on you for. And they will say, count on me to show up in this way. Count on me to contribute these things. Count on me to work four or five hours a day and give you the result that you want. They will offer a a type of emotional contract that is going to be better and better for us than we could imagine. And that is what this podcast is about. You're listening to the Count on Me Culture.